Well, the title of the message today has been influenced, and I can't hide it, by the fact that there was a football grand final yesterday. <laughs> I actually didn't watch it, to be honest, um, but I was aware of it, and um, that's come and gone. So the title of the message today is Real Fans. So are you ready for the message today? Father, I just pray that our hearts allow it will be good ground to receive your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, as I go through this message, I do say this regularly. We've just prayed for healing for people. But also sometimes you need other kinds of miracles in your life. And there's just something about coming together with other Christians and worshipping the Lord. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's actually with them in their midst. And so that means by his spirit, Jesus Christ is with us today. The Bible also says this, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so yesterday, we read about him, the yesterday, in the scriptures. And in the scriptures, he healed people, he ministered to people, he encouraged people, he delivered people, and miracles happened. And so as I go through this message today, be ready for a miracle in your life. We have to have that expectancy and that mindset, position ourselves Uh, But also today, I don't know everybody here and welcome everybody. Really glad that you're here. But maybe this is your first time, second time. Maybe um, you're not really even a follower of Jesus. And we're just delighted that you're here. But whoever you are, get ready for a miracle in Jesus' name. And so uh, I just want you to be aware of that. Now, many years ago in the early days of our marriage, by the way, Rochelle and I will be celebrating 40 years of marriage in January. Can you believe that? Wow. And it gets better and better. It does. As long as you're hanging there over those bumpy periods, it gets better and better. (laughs) Many years ago, when we were younger, I convinced Rochelle to come with me and watch an AFL, AFL football match. With me. And I, I was delighted that um, I managed to get some really good seats. And so I was anticipating a wonderful night out with Rochelle at the footy. I was sure, and I, I'm being honest, I was sure that a, a football game was what she needed. And really, I actually, I genuinely, I'm stupid, but I genuinely thought that it would be a wonderful bonding experience for us as, as husband and wife. Well, the game began. And uh, it was obviously the West Coast Eagles when they used to know how to play football. But, when, but the game began and I was soon cheering. I was shouting, as you do. You get sort of carried along with the crowd, don't you? And I, I was Actually, I've gone to the footy with several of you here. Uh, but I was analysing what was going on out in the field, you know, who was playing well, who was a bit down, you know how you do. So this, I'm just having a ball, just having such a good time. Eventually, I decided, for the sake of connecting with Rochelle that I should ask her thoughts about the game. And that was just such a huge mistake. Because when I turned to Rochelle, she wasn't even looking at the game. She really wasn't. She, she was more interested in the crowd, what they were wearing, what they weren't wearing. And she was fascinated particularly with the scoreboard for whatever reason. In fact, Rochelle was looking up at everything else except the footy game. And so she actually had no opinions about the game, although she did make a comment. 
about the length of the shorts that the men were wearing. I do remember that. <laughs> that got her attention for a moment. <laughs> and then at some point, Rochelle asked that awful question, how long does this game go for? <laughs> And it soon dawned on me that there was no marital bonding going on at the footy game at all. And so I've never taken Rochelle to a footy game ever again since that moment in time. (laughs) I I was the enthusiastic fan. I was yelling. I was there. I was yelling. I was in it. I was yelling. I was shouting. I shouted at everybody on the field. And I was enjoying the whole emotional roller coaster ride that goes with a game of footy, you know, up and down. You know, it's all there. I wanted my team to play well and I wanted them to win. However, Rochelle was not an enthusiastic fan, but she was an indifferent spectator. She didn't care for the game. Would have been nice if she could have told me that before we went and spent all that money. But she didn't care for the game. She only glanced at the field from time to time to see if she could see where the ball was. That was it, try and find the ball. Um, Rochelle had no emotional buying to the game. She was more excited about the hot chips we bought at halftime than the Adrogama footy. <laughs> and I think she even complained about getting a headache from all the noise. You see, Rochelle needed to move from being an indifferent spectator to being a true, enthusiastic fan if she was going to truly enjoy the game. Now, I've noted that no matter the sport, I've noted that in the middle of all of these spectators, there were always a group of hardcore, devoted fans of the teams that are competing. These devoted fans don't get up in in the middle of the game to buy a pie until the siren goes for half time. Because you see, these hardcore fans want to watch the game. They want to watch the whole game. And I've noted over the years, having gone to lots of football games, that these hardcore fans have certain characteristics that are a picture of what a hardcore devoted follower of Jesus Christ should be, should look like. And so that's what I want to share with you today. And I'm taking my jacket off already. Amen. <laughs> Here we go. Eight characteristics of a hardcore devoted fan. Are you ready, everybody? A real fan, not an indifferent ex- spectator, but a real fan. Firstly, The most obvious characteristic of a real sports fan is that they drip with enthusiasm for their sport and especially for their team. It's all they talk about. Real deal fans are passionate about their team doing well and they want their team to win and they just dream of their team winning the grand final. That's what hardcore fans live for. Real sports fans are enthusiastic for their team. 
But I discovered just the other day when I was preparing for Sunday that the word enthusiasm originally, listen to this, originally described someone who was possessed by God. Wow, I never knew that. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? And I found out also that the word enthusiasm, you know how English words are connected to other words, is linked back to the word theos. And theos is a name for God. And so enthusiasm means to be someone who's possessed by God. And that should make absolute sense to everybody in this room. Because the Bible says this, Oh, oh, clap your hands. All you peoples, shout to God with the voice of triumph. Enthusiasm, passion are a part of the culture of God's kingdom. Amen, amen and amen. Real believers are passionate about Jesus Christ. They're passionate about His Holy Word. They're passionate about His church and they're passionate about His mission. We Christians are passionate about being on Team Jesus. We could say we are hardcore fans of Jesus Christ. The psalmist described you. He described us together when he declared, I long. Yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord with my whole being, body and soul. I will shout joyfully to the living God. So real fans are enthusiastic and real fans are passionate and real fans live to see their team win. And with all our being, we live to see Team Jesus win. Do we have any real fans in the house today? Come on. I know you must be real fans of Jesus because you got up on a Sunday morning on a long weekend, on a holiday weekend, and you came to church today. How passionate are you? (laughs) Secondly, real enthusiastic fans proudly wear their team colours. Some fans even paint their faces with their team colours. At the grand final, we all knew who the fans were supporting because of what they were wearing. Their colours showed their allegiance. Their colours showed their allegiance. In the same way, real fans of Jesus wear the team colours of the Kingdom of God. And our team colours are the best colours. What are our team colours? Our team colours are the fruit of the spirits. (laughs) You didn't guess that one until I said it. Amen. You think it wasn't going to be. It's the fruit of the Spirit. There's, there are colours. Love, joy, peace, patience, without looking at anybody. <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And here's a biggie. Yeah. Self-control. They're our team colours. When you wear the team colours of the fruit of the Spirit, then you look like Jesus. Our colours that we wear show our allegiance. 
So we boldly and we deliberately and we passionately wear our team colours. And before we open our mouths, somebody's phone's ringing. Switch it off. I've got a hammer that can help with that. Before you open your mouths, people can tell whose team we are on by the way we behave, by the way we react, and by the way we treat people. Hardcore fans wear the team colours, so get your colours on. You know, it's amazing, isn't that? Anybody could wear a footy jumper down the street and chant for their team. Nobody cares. But when you start getting excited about Jesus, it freaks people out. Amen. Amen. Get your colours on. Thirdly, real fans get along with each other. <laughs> real fans, they really do. Real fans get along with each other, at least at the game. <laughs> At footy games, you know, I've, I've shown up sometimes on my own. At footy games, I've often sat with a group of fellow fans that I've never met before in my life. I don't know who they are. I don't even know their names. And during the footy game, they are my best friends. <laughs> when it's finished, I still don't know their names. But I love him. I love him. <laughs> They're my best friends. I was with Peter at a footy game earlier in the year and Peter and that guy was sitting next to me on the other side. He kept putting his hand on my knee in excitement. I'm thinking, I don't even know you. <laughs> I don't know who they, anything about them. I don't know whether they've had a good week or a bad week. This is it, the footy. I don't know if the guy I'm sitting next to has had a bad week or a good week. I don't even know, even know if he's just split up from his wife. I don't know what's going on in his life, but nobody really cares. Nobody cares. But during the game... We cheer together and we yell together and we laugh together like we're best friends. And all of that friendship happens because we've come together for a common cause. And that is to see our team play and to see our team win and nothing else matters. Jesus Christ said this about us. He said in John 13, 35, he said, everyone will know by this that you are my disciples. I put in brackets there, hardcore fans. You won't find those words actually in the scriptures, but that's <laughs> what disciple means. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Wow, wow. Fans of Jesus choose to get along with other fans of Jesus because they have a common cause. Together, they want to see Team Jesus win. Amen. Fans get along with each other. Real fans get along with each other. Fourthly, real fans are at every game. Some fans even show up at their team's training sessions during the week. These fans will come whether it's raining or 40 degrees heat. They don't let anything come between them and their game. All their plans are built around the game. The weekend game comes first to a real sporting fan. It's the same for hardcore fans of Jesus Christ. Real Jesus fans build their weekend plans around being at the church service. Just saying, just saying. No, Richelle and I, we like to go on holidays. and um, But even when we're on holidays... Wherever we are, 
We do everything possible, don't we, Rochelle, to find a church where we can go and worship always, always. In fact, we once did a whole holiday on, I don't have the right words for this, but we did a church crawl across America. Amen. Some people do pub crawls. We do church crawls. Amen. We really did. We did. Anyway, on one holiday, we were in Washington, D.C. at Christmas time. It was a number of years ago. And we just so desperately wanted to go and worship the Lord with other believers. So, you know, just in our hearts, we just want to go to church. But we just struggled to find a church near we, where we were staying. Finally, we, I was just looking out the window at this hotel. I was just thinking, oh, Lord, we just want to go and worship. And it was Christmas and all of that, you know. We want to sing a few carols and that. And um, I was just looking out the window and I just saw this group of African-Americans entering a doorway of a very ordinary-looking building. And so I just thought, they look like they've dressed up. They must be Christians going to worship. So we rushed out of the hotel and we followed them in. And we found ourselves in a small African-American Baptist church. And they had a choir. It seems like most American churches have choirs. But they were very conservative. And then the preacher started preaching. And they're very kind to us, very nice, very welcoming. But he was really conservative. But then he started getting warmed up. What I do remember about him is that he wore white gloves while he was preaching. I was thinking maybe I could do that here in Australia. Just wear some white gloves. <laughs> I don't know why he was wearing white gloves. But anyway, he was. But then he, then he started preaching. And then he started getting passionate and then enthusiastic for, for Jesus. And his enthusiasm and passion for Jesus started to take over. And who's ever seen the Blues Brothers? Amen, amen. And we have one of the most memorable church services that I've ever been in. Presence of God there. It was wonderful to worship the Lord with other believers. There's nothing like being in the house of the Lord. Because see, real fans want to be at the game. Hardcore fans of Jesus want to be at church. Fifthly, hardcore sports fans arrive early for the game. Just saying. They do everything they can to get to the game on time. They want to be settled in their seat before the game begins. They don't want to come at quarter time. They want, don't want to come at half time. In the old days, um, I'm not suggesting we go back to this, but it's a good idea. I remember people used to come to church. You know, I've been brought up in a church. But one of the first things people used to do in church was sit down and pray. Who remembers those days? And my, particularly, my, I used to remember my aunt, very godly lady, and she would always sit down before she spoke to anybody. She'd spend two minutes in prayer, probably the same in the church that you brought up at, were brought up at High Street. It would be exactly the same. And then she would pray. And uh, of course, we don't, we don't, that's not part of our tradition, but it's a good tradition to have. Come to church, pray, and then go and socialize. Amen. Amen. I remember one time we were in David Wilkerson's church. He was part of the church. When we were doing our church crawl across America, we went to his church. And uh, they had a service on. And we're just tourists. We're yakking away to each other and to Jared and Ben. They were with us. And then suddenly we got told off for talking. And they waved their... It's a big church. And we're told the church has not started. You need to sit down and pray. (laughs) But then I thought, what a great tradition that was. eh? Isn't that good? So we don't come out quarter time. We don't come out half time. Uh, Fans don't. Real fans don't. Real fans, footy fans, they come early or on time. Because they don't want to miss out on anything. 
They want to be in on the action. Amen. And the action actually starts at 8.15 with a prayer meeting in Pastor Bethwin's office. Amen. Amen. The psalmist said this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Please note, this is a bit of deep teaching here. It does not say, I was being joking around when I said deep teaching. It does not say, I was reluctant when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. He says, I was glad. I was glad. I was glad to go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. I was glad. I was enthusiastic. I was passionate when Sunday finally came so I could go to the house of the Lord and give my best in praise and worship to Him. I was glad when I organised myself to be at church on time. I was glad when I set my alarm to wake me up in the morning for church. I was glad. I was glad when I came to worship the Lord at Real Life Church with other hardcore fans of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. This is not my notes. I just want to say this. Be careful. (laughs) Our church has two halves to it, or two parts. Two halves is the wrong word. Two parts. Most churches are the same. And the model for running a church actually goes all the way back to the synagogue from the Bible days. Not much has changed. The first part of the service is where we worship the Lord. And that's really, really important. Now, let me tell you something about worship. Worship's not about you. It's not about you. A lot of people don't realise that. And so when we're worshipping, they think, oh, I didn't feel anything today. So what? So what? It wasn't about you. It's about him. The second part of the service is this. Now, this is not about for God. God doesn't need me to preach to him. This is about you. This is about me. So there's two halves. There's the worship and praise. And then there's the preaching of God's word. That's how it is in the house of the Lord. Both are really important. But what sometimes happens is is sometimes we, we can... Across the world, people can come late because they think, oh, I really just want to get into the Word. I want to hear the Word. But the worship is about Him. We go, we want to be ministered to, but the Bible teaches us about us ministering to the Lord. We've had a good service. If after the service, when Jesus goes home, He says to God the Father, that was a good service today. They ministered to me. So, Coming early is really important because you want to be in your seat. And our worship is such a short time. If we go 20 minutes, we've done really well. I'd say we're probably averaging about 17, 18 minutes. You know, and we're organized people, we're busy people. I get all of that. But at least we're together just for those minutes. And together, I think the priority is that we give our best in praise and worship Amen. to them. Even if you don't feel nothing, it's completely irrelevant. It's I want to bless or bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So real fans make every effort to arrive on time. Sixthly, 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 (laughs) hardcore fans want the best seat in the stadium. And you know what? They're really happy to pay for it. 
<laughs> Real fans want to see everything that's happening. They want the players to hear their, them shouting their encouragement. I've got to be honest. I love it if I can sit close to the ground myself. What I really like at a football game is when the players are running near where I'm sitting and I can actually hear their feet thudding on the ground. I love that at the game of football. But, you know, real fans want to be where the players are they, and they want their players to hear them shouting their encouragement. And, and, and real fans want to feel the game as well as see the game. Hardcore fans of Jesus Christ are the same. Fans of Jesus, we want the best seats in the house. Because passionate fans of Jesus have learned the secret of positioning themselves. And this is not just a physical seat. It's, actually, it's also a metaphor here for, for how we position ourselves. Passionate fans of Jesus have learned the secret of positioning themselves for an encounter with Almighty God. You know, we come to worship. I come to position myself for an encounter with him. Real fans want the preacher to hear their encouragement. So he or she will preach better. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you think this is a lousy sermon, then you need to you know, encourage harder. Amen, amen. <laughs> Those passionate fans come with the attitude to help make the service a huge win for the kingdom of God. Amen. You know, we do all that organizing. You know, we do our best to organize uh, well-ordered, anointed service. But when we all buy in, we can make our regular church service service a huge win for the kingdom of God. Reg, real fans have a huge buy-in to the service. They want to see what God is doing. They want to see and they want to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit working in the service. So, And, and the passion of a real fan determines where they sit. You know, the passion of a real fan determines your position of yourself to encounter the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it's, it's something to remember this. I need to be reminded myself, sometimes I've got so much going on in my head that I've got to be really careful. You know, busyness, I've got extra stuff I've got to do this week. I've got to do that, do that, do that, do that. And I don't want to forget anything. But when I come to the house of the Lord, I've got to say, I can pick that up after the service. Today, I just want to position myself to receive from Him. Amen? 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 Seventhly, seventhly, hardcore sporting fans memorize the stats. Hardcore sporting fans' minds are filled with information about the team that they follow. They know how many games the team has won or lost. They know how many goals the full forward has kicked. They really do know. And they know who is in and who's out for that particular game that day. And this is the thing I've noticed with hardcore fans. They all do it. They all do it. They all speak like they personally know every player. Honestly, I've seen these guys at the footy game. It's like they're the best friends with the guy who's running out on the field. I'm going, and they speak of him as their best friend. Oh, yeah, I used to go to school with him. Yeah, 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 he's a cousin of my brother who's married to my stepsister. Yeah, 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 we're very close. Yeah, amen. <laughs> they talk like they personally know every player and their eyes come alive when they do that. They love to do that. In the same way, real fans of Jesus Christ will fill their minds with the Word of God. Here's our stats. Here's our stats. 
Real fans eagerly and passionately devour what the Word says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They love the revelations that they get from the Bible. Let me tell you something. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about how, you know, a lot of people backslide. They don't walk with the Lord anymore. Let me give you a tip on how to avoid backsliding. Keep reading the Bible every single day. You know, have devotions every day. People have their devotions never backslide. And don't think I did devotions for 10 years. Now I'm going to have a break. I mean, how dumb can you be? You don't have a break from your devotions. You meet with Jesus. You love Jesus. You keep in the Word and you will never, ever backslide. Keep in the Word and you'll make it to heaven in Jesus' name. Real fans of Jesus even talk like they personally know the Lord. Yeah, me and the Lord, we were just talking. I was praying to the Lord the other day. (laughs) I felt the presence of the Lord while I was worshipping Him at home. What, you know the Lord? Oh, yeah, I know the Lord. Oh, yeah, right, right, you do. Yes, I do know the Lord. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I know the Lord, amen. Real fans memorise statistics. (laughs) Eighthly and finally, Real fans are vocal. They cheer and they encourage the players during the game. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. The player gets smashed to the ground. Come on, get up. Keep running. Keep running. He's got a broken leg, broken arm. Doesn't matter. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Some people even jump and dance when a goal is kicked. I've seen it. I've seen it. The funniest football game I ever went to was in Melbourne, Actually, you did come to that game. I told a fib You did come. That's your second game with the doggies, the bulldogs. And they, I don't know who was playing them, but we were the, yeah, you were there because you, you were laughing your head off. Um, and every time, it's in Melbourne at their home ground, every time the doggies kicked a goal, they had their, the music came up, but all, everybody in the auditorium went woof, woof, woof. <laughs> Doggy, 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 woof, woof, woof. That's what they said. And it was, I was sitting near some men who were in suits, obviously had the money, nice expensive suits, nice cut hair, really intelligent looking guys, and they're all going doggy, 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 woof, woof, woof. (laughs) Without any embarrassment at all. (laughs) Some of them jump up, some of them dance, and some of them say doggy, doggy, woof, woof, woof. Amen. But these hardcore fans have no sense of embarrassment at all. They had no, no embarrassment without vocalising their passion for their team. And on the way home, on the train, when you're coming home from the footy, uh, everybody's talking about the game and with their fellow sporting fans. And, and even during the week, should the opportunity arise, a hardcore fan will seize whatever opportunity they can to talk sport and to talk about their team. These Hardcore sporting fans are truly devoted to the cause of their team. Something that's so very temporal as well. But in the same way, real fans of Jesus Christ, we're vocal. We're vocal. The fans of Jesus are ready to seize any opportunity to chat with anyone about Jesus Christ and what he means to them. If somebody's not embarrassed about saying doggy, doggy, 
woof, woof, woof. How much more? <laughs> we want to talk about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who saved me from my sins. Also, real fans of Jesus are not embarrassed to praise God. And they're not embarrassed to shout their hallelujahs during the time that we have together when we're at the game, at the church. Now, I know some people in church have loud voices like me. Sometimes I could be outside and Michelle will say, you're talking too loud. I have a loud voice. Always been like that. But others have soft, gentle voices like Rochelle. She has a relatively soft voice, unless if I do something wrong. <laughs> but soft up until then, amen. <laughs> so it's the same in church. Some of us have loud voices, some have soft voices. Some of us are very sanguine. Some of us are very quiet. Respect all of that. But the Bible says this. Let everything that has breath. People with big mouths like me and people who have got lovely, gentle voices like Rochelle, let everything, let everybody, let everybody, let everybody has, has breath, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And the word praise in the passage that you've got on your screen comes, um, it just means to make a noise and to celebrate, to party. And so as devoted, passionate fans of Jesus, we choose to give Jesus our best in praise and worship when we meet together as a congregation, whether we're softly spoken and shy or loud and booming, whatever level we're at, we still want to give our best in praise and worship to the Lord because we're not ashamed. We're not ashamed to lift our hearts. We're not ashamed to lift our voices. And we're not ashamed to lift our hands to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Real fans are passionate and they're passionately vocal about their team. The scriptures, in conclusion, urges to Romans 12, verse 11. The scriptures say, don't lag in zeal. Be enthusiastic in spirit and serve the Lord. And you know, there are many things in life that we can enjoy from a distance. You can enjoy sport from a distance, that's fine. And often, you know, in life, when we go to things, we're happy to be spectators who enjoy a convenient, entertaining event. That's all great. But when it comes to our faith, we've got to be more than an indifferent spectator. As believers and followers of Jesus Christ, it's time to move from being an indifferent spectator to being a hardcore, passionate, enthusiastic fan of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And let the world know who we belong to. Amen and amen. Would you stand with me? Just stand with me. Praise the Lord. Let's just take a moment to praise him, shall we? Just a moment. Service is going to be finished. You've got, you got a, a big week ahead of you. But let's praise him now before we go home. Soft voices, loud voices, shy people, sanguine people. Let's just praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise his holy name. Let's praise his holy name. Let's lift him higher, higher, higher. Praise the Lord. Praise our Lord. Praise his wonderful, wonderful, wonderful name. For no one is like our God. Praise God. Praise God. How we love you, Lord. How we love you.